0: Press Control to Crouch. The Crouch Peak Podcast. All right, guys. So here we are. Um, I am with Liam and Daffod, um, two of our senior staff members. Uh, we brought them on in August. So just bringing these guys on here, going to pick their brains a little bit, um, kind of get you guys an understanding of just how... Um, easy it is to kind of get involved in the scene and get your toes wet so thank you two for joining um it has been a crazy um five months and i've um, been thoroughly impressed with your guys's growth so i'm um, super appreciate your guys's um work with recipe media and um yeah so say hello to everyone
1: hey what's up guys hello how's it yeah. going
0: so um, in no particular order, I'm just going to kind of spot off some questions. So feel free to answer as you guys wish. Um, as I said earlier, you guys started with us August 8th. So coming up a little bit over five months. Can you guys um, walk me through your experience with Counter-Strike before Rush B Media, whether that is um, esports related or not? And just kind of walk me through um, what got you guys involved on that side of the industry and got you to hear.
1: Uh, you want to go first, Liam, or...? Uh, yeah, sure, I'll go
2: first. Um, well, I first built my PC back in late 2016, and for Counter-Strike at least, it wasn't really the esports side that I got into first. I was more just watching, like, funny moments videos from, like, different YouTubers, like, I don't know, Smitty was probably a big example of that, and I didn't actually know that there was, like, an esports scene behind it. But uh, the more I kind of, like played the game after I got my PC, I kind of like realized I think it was uh when Gambit won the major, it popped up on the screen and I was like, oh, there's like an esports scene And I kinda started noticing like on even on the guns, like stickers and stuff and I was like, oh, I might start looking into this. And then I didn't like pay too much attention to it for the first while. But then it was actually mid twenty seventeen, I think i am new york i want to say the one where uh phase um beat liquid in the final and like Faze just stomped the the whole tournament that was the first tournament i watched and i was like holy i was like this is like such a good esports like it's so exciting like even when like Faze were like stomping liquid in like one of the maps i was like this is still exciting to watch and i just got more and more into it i started watching different videos i started watching like streams of games and started watching demos and the first tournament i kind of watched like start to finish like the new york one i kind of was like dipping in and out watching an occasional games the first one i watched start to finish was the e-league major the boston uh, major which uh i never actually mentioned in Rush media during my time here but i was actually a phase fan at the time so hearing ryan go on about it uh yeah it's a good thing persists. you didn't
0: mention it you were throwing your app in the trash
2: yeah. I mean, there's a few face fans I see in our uh, our Discord yeah. chat and I just keep a low profile. I like I think ever since I even like got into working in esports, I kind of I'm not like that big of a fan of like particular teams anymore. I'm just like watching the games and kind of appreciating them. Um because I just like i like just inject Counter-Strike into me at this point. Like I just want to watch as much as I can and I'm not focused on like, who's winning or who's losing. I just appreciate like good Counter-Strike. But uh, yeah, I think that's kind of like the best way to describe how I got into Counter Strike in general, and then into the esports scene of it.
0: Cool. So before we move on to Daffid, um, what kind of experience do you have outside of it that um kind of bridged that gap, education or otherwise?
2: Sorry, what do you mean in like?
0: Um, like um your schooling and stuff like uh did you have any kind of out of out of cs experiences that kind of helped you with that like um, um journalism. any kind of education or um work experience anything like that
2: uh with journalism it was kind of it's always been something that i was interested in like when i was in primary school i there, there was a editor from a local newspaper who came in to visit our school uh he was just doing a talk and i ended up talking to him after the class and i was saying like do you have any advice like it was something that i was looking to pursue pursue especially with like sports journalism so then i started writing match reports and like just in my spare time of like a game a football game that was on tv or like a local sports game that i was at and i stayed in contact with the uh the editor from that newspaper and i sent him on a couple of pieces and then one or two of them got published but when I went on at the end of my school, time in school, in secondary school, I kind of had fallen out of love with journalism a little bit. I like, I was like, I don't know if this is the right career path for me long term. And then it was kind of like I did law and history for my degree in college. And I really liked writing for like essays and stuff. And I never really thought of like leaving law... Or even like considered it. But then when I saw the applications for Rushby Media come up, I was like, oh, maybe I'll like, maybe I'll try this out. Maybe I could like spark something like new in my life that's just different. Cause like, I, like law kind of got on sale at the time. But like up to that point, I was like, maybe this is just like how it's going to be. Like I just go through my degree and then find a boring job in law. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, like Rushby Media kind of like, It gave me an outlet where there wasn't a lot of pressure. I didn't have to go all in on journalism. But I could also try it and, like, put as much in as I wanted to. And, like, for the first few weeks, I was putting in, like, an hour or two just doing, like, little research, stuff like this. But now, as, like, time has progressed, I put in as much time as I possibly can without it conflicting with my, like, prior arrangements with, like, my master's degree. Cool.
0: Well, that's good stuff, um, Daphid, Same question for you.
1: Cool. Um, well, yeah, I I first got into CS uh, when I was in school. Um, like, must have been in my teens, uh, kind of mid-teens. Um, I I had a MacBook Air at the time, um, and I was, I was running CS:GO on that, and it was just an awful experience um, with terrible Wi-Fi as well. Um, and I wanted to like play more, but I just couldn't, um, I didn't really have the means at the time. Um, so a friend who I made, uh, like a year later, he kind of suggested that I should watch a pro CSGO game. Um, I think the first game I ever properly watched, um, well, I watched like a few, but the first game I ever really got invested into was, um, Immortals uh when they had FNX, they hadn't picked up Kenji yet. Um and Steel was IGLing. Um they played Astralis, who at the time were the best team in the world, <clears throat> and were just incredible. Um I can't remember what specific roster it was, but they were just playing out of their minds. Uh and Immortals came back and won and the commentators, the casters were just talking about how great an underdog story this game had been. And I remember going, okay, so this is my favorite team now. Um, I I had no affiliation to any of the players. Um, I didn't kind of realize at the time how kind of uh, you pick, a lot of people pick their favorite team based on the region they're from as well. I knew none of this. I I just went in um, and supported this team. Along came the Krakow 2017 major. Um, I remember I was at a house party and... Big was playing uh, Big was playing Immortals. And I was watching bits on my phone, just watching the score. And then my friend, who also played CSGO, was watching it with me. And then a couple other people were watching it with me on my phone. There was too many. So then we got up the host laptop. And then everybody's partying, everyone's drinking. And there's about 10, 15 people who know nothing about Counter-Strike watching Immortals play Big and cheering and everybody's having a great time. And that's just kind of when it just gripped me. At that point, I knew I wanted to do something, but I knew I wasn't good enough to play. So I thought, oh, maybe maybe I want to get into coaching. I knew, but um, at the time, I just didn't have the facilities, didn't have the mind for it. Um, and I just kind of let it rest. Uh, a Few years later, I'm still watching it with interest. Um, I took a bit of a bit of a gap out from it, but I was still interested in the local UK scene. Um, I was watching Endpoint Rise, uh, picking up Flames, and seeing how they were doing. And I decided, oh, I want to get big into esports. I'd watched, it, I was watching a bit of League at the time, so I thought oh, I'll just write a couple of articles um, and put them on this blog. I think my first one was not even esports related. It was like, how is league of legends so successful? And then I think my second one was, can we consider esports normal yet? Um, I just wrote them. I think looking back, they were pretty naff. They, they, they weren't anything special. Um, and I just kind of put them on this blog. I think I got like a couple clicks when it first came out. Cause you know, uh, my mum gave it a read more than once. And that, that was about it. Um, and, uh, I just just kind of sat there, and I was like, okay, cool. This was fun, but I'm not really sure what I can do with this. Um, I had a few ideas for some CSGO articles, but I just didn't really have the commitment to write them because when you're writing for your own blog, and I think it is good to write for your own blog, but when you don't have the structure around you, you know, all that kind of stuff, me personally, I just find it really hard to just write. Um, and then I saw this this position um for rushby i'd applied for a social media job somewhere else and i saw that they, they were doing a brighter positions volunteer so i applied um, i had a year off uni at the time um because i was meant to be doing a placement year but because of covid everything was a bit of a mess um so yeah i i was working at mcdonald's at the time uh i remember it was three months or, or two months however long it was after i sent in the application i i didn't really think anything of it. I was sitting in the break room at McDonald's um, with my manager um, in a pit of despair because, you know, I was working at McDonald's. And then I, I see this email come through that just says, oh, you've been approved by Rushby Media to join the staff. And then I saw this Discord link and then I got home at, I think, four in the morning my time after a shift. I met Lucas and Ryan, I was talking to them, and then I was on call and I just heard, and this was the wildest thing to me. I didn't really know that much about Valorant, but I just heard Ryan uh, say to Lucas, oh, I just found out who Cloud9's new player is going to be. Let's write a story on it. And I was just sitting in the call, and I was just completely bewildered. And this, I'd literally gone from writing an article on whether esports could be considered normal that got clicks by my mum, and then being in a call with you know people who had seen talking on twitter for the last few years talking about who the new cloud nine member was going to be it was absolutely nuts
0: that so, yeah. that's that, a that's... that's a very good story that that tail end stuff that's the good stuff that's um you know people don't understand um that side of it the um, the very positive stories um uh, the behind the scenes kind of stuff that that's the stuff that really um, drives me personally. So hearing something like that um, gets me really excited about, um, you know, kind of the position I've put myself in. So um, thanks for that. So, um, you know, kind of moving forward, actually going backward, moving forward to the next question, but going backwards before you um, joined Rushby. When you were in that process, you know, when you're waiting on the, that couple of months before you did eventually get approved for both of you, actually. Um, did you guys have any reservations, any kind of doubts? Um, were there any kind of uh, preconceived um, thoughts or barriers you had created for yourself that made you feeling a little doubtful about it?
1: Uh, I'll, I'll take this one first if you want to. Yeah, yeah, go for it. I thought there was no chance in how I was getting the position. Um, not gonna lie. Uh, yeah, I, I, do a writing course personally for, for my degree. Um, so I thought, yeah, that, that might give me a bit of chance, but I remember a couple of days after, um, I sent in my application, Ryan like tweeted out something about this really good application that he just received. And I went, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right. I was like, "Never mind."
0: Yeah, couldn't um, be me?
1: <laughs> And I saw it and it was like this Brazilian writer and I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oof um so at that point i I just you know i I was still like oh it would be be really cool if i got the position um but i had i was like okay that's my short-lived esports career you know like there i i had some other aspirations you know other stuff but um any aspirations i had were like 10 years in the future I was like, oh, maybe I'll do this in like 10 years. Nothing to do with eSports, just other stuff I wanted to do in my life. But I saw nothing in the near future. So I just kind of – I remember I literally just sat back for two months. Um, So, yeah, get and it was nothing to do with like rush beer or anything like that. I didn't really mind uh, at the time doing volunteer, and I'm very happy that I did apply. Um, But I guess the only reservations were that if you'd saw my application – like it's a miracle that I got it. Um. So if if you are feeling like that, if like if you see a job like like this, recipe was volunteer or something like that, and you're thinking, "Oh, if I apply, like, there's no way in hell I get it," so I'm just not going to apply. It's just worth sending in an application because, like, you never know. Um, good things happen sometimes.
0: Good, Liam.
1: Yeah. Um, I
2: don't think i had any reservations when i did it because like when i saw the um the tweet about it i was like oh that looks really interesting i like read the different positions i saw the roster reporter one which is the one that i originally applied for and like when i was growing up uh like in soccer like football uh transfers were like one of my favorite things and i was like oh this looks like an interesting position and honestly after I sent in the application like I had thought about it for like the next few days but then it kind of like went out of my mind for a bit because I was like oh, maybe like I doubt I'm gonna get it like I'm sure that so many people have gone gone through this process but then like David said like uh, getting that email it really like picked me up because I was like oh like my application must have been good like they must have seen something in me and maybe that's something that I haven't seen in myself before so um yeah it was like it was crazy getting that email like david actually kind of reminded me of the story like when i uh got the email i like i currently live in the netherlands but i like i'm from ireland so i was moving that week and then i got the email about it and the story david was saying about uh cloud nine's new valorant player uh i think it was like ryan messaged me he was like are you able to write it like write it up like i've um we just need to get it out quickly and i was like uh, yeah i'm supposed to be like leaving in like an hour but uh yeah i can do it and i was like researching valorant like i had a good idea about the scene and i wrote that up and then as i was on like in the car after leaving i was just like seeing my twitter blow up just people messaging me saying how like the article reads really well and i was like this is like it's just surreal so like we're getting back to the original question on like reservations i think like In much in the same way as david kind of like you don't have that much belief in yourself when you do it but like putting in that application if you even have like the slightest bit of hope in yourself and you see an opportunity like that just like what's the worst that can happen they say no and like you move on but like if it works out then it works out and it's like easily one of the best opportunities that i have at the moment so
1: yeah great
0: that's awesome um yeah i i hope um And I've had my own reservations throughout my tenure doing this CS stuff. I'm not going to act like I'm immune to it as well. Um, I certainly had instances where I talked myself out of doing something. Um, Even originally starting my journey with Rush B Media, I remember I told myself, um, yeah, you know, he's not looking for a guy like me. Or, you know, it's just it's human nature to kind of um, your brain kind of trying to protect yourself in a way. Um, but yeah, like you guys said, um, to anybody out there that's listening, you know, no matter what ability or skill or experience or whatever, um, it certainly never hurts to do it just to put your name out there and think about how many people, um, that told themselves that and, um, and then believed it and never did it, you know, um, and, and doing it takes you so far. So absolutely. Um, so, so
1: think of it this way. Yeah. All the people that don't apply, you don't have to worry about them as competition so that means boom. You know, that yeah, is that actually
0: job. a good, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so much of it is just doing it and being there. And, you know, when I think about um, not even just you two, um, the rest of the group, think about where we were five months ago versus now. Um, and we think about like the the week that we've had, j- specifically this last week, just the amount oh, of stories yeah, we've well. been po- Think about how um, how well our processes have been going now versus five months ago. It's just, you you don't, it's, h- it's tough to envision um, exactly what it's going to end up as, but um, you know you just put in the work and you're confident in those processes and 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 you get a good product. and um and we've shown that through the first five months. So, um, I want to go back to your guys's land experience because you guys are upon um, a very select group of individuals, obviously coming, you know, still in the thick of the pandemic and certain um, echelons of the world. You guys were upon um, a very small group of people that got to cover an event last year. So can you guys kind of walk me through your guys' individual experiences, not only doing it, but it's your first time. And in a lot of ways, it was the first um, hyped events, you know, coming off of the uh, global lockdown. So walk me through those.
2: Yeah. Do you want to go first,
1: Evan? Yeah, sure. We'll go chronological. Um, I love it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so yeah I went to um I went to the PGL Major um in Stockholm which it was just crazy I just want to preface like the whole experience was just nuts um just whatever I say just won't even live up to how nuts it was just living it um I remember I remember when I said I wanted to go to the major, and then I, I think Ryan approached me and was like, "Oh, do you want to cover it with Rushby Media?" Um, pretty soon after I joined, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, that that would be really cool." And he and then uh, originally him and a couple other people were planning on going from America, and we were thinking about sharing a house um, or sharing a what's it called, like Air, Airbnb. Um, that that was the original plan. I think there was meant to be quite a few people going, um, but then more restrictions came in, especially on America. Uh and unfortunately Ryan and a few other people weren't able to go. So I booked my own accommodation. Um Ryan was kind enough to pay pay for that for me um out of his own pocket so I could go. Um which was amazing. It was literally gave me like it just meant I had money to spend there and I didn't kind of have to um kinda live skin. It, it was it was it was great. Um I booked my flights nice and cheap um and then yeah i also bought a ticket to the major which is a whole story within itself um i turn up um the day of or the day before the major starts um i pay like i think it was 40 40 pounds for um uk currency um for a train on one stop because I bought the wrong kind of ticket. Um, And then uh, I remember telling Ryan that and he tweets out something like, our only reporter who's going to be there um, is currently realizing how expensive Sweden is. And then I had all these peoples in in the replies just um, being like, oh, where is he? Let's meet up with him. Oh, does he want to come meet us here? Oh, we'll save him and all this kind of stuff. And just shout out to all those people because I was sitting in my hotel room Scared that I didn't know anybody, and I thought I was going to spend the whole time um, either alone or with Jacob, who um, was photographing the yeah, event. That does with
0: sound me, pretty horrific being around Jacob for two days.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, that's definitely what I meant. Um, but instead, I had the horrific experience of being around Coy. No, um, <laughs> that's not fair. Uh, no, but it, it was just it was just wild. And also, I just want to mention that when I was on the plane. The guy next to me <clears throat> was going to the major. The guy in front of me was going to the major. The guy two rows across from me was going to the major. It was what like it was like half the plane was going to the major. Um, so so that it was just a very cool experience from that stage. And then that night, I met up with one of the people who replied um, in Twitter. Uh, they work for um, who do they? They work for ESL, and they would they were just there as a spectator. Um, and they go, Oh, do you want to come with us? We're going to this private NIP party. Um, I think, uh, they were like, Oh, you know, not sure who's going to be there. Um, but you can kind of turn up, get right. Was there, <laughs> um, that all like these CEOs were there of, of the team. It was just wild. And I was just standing there completely oblivious. Uh, I met striker, um, and he comes up to me and he goes, are you the guy who bought a ticket? and i went yeah yeah that's me because if you didn't know your press pass counts as a ticket to events so you don't have to buy a ticket so i'd spent um about 200 quid on tickets that i didn't need (laughs) um so yeah it was just it was wild and then uh we got there found out that uh, pgl weren't doing um weren't going to mediate the interviews uh, and that we had to use our pre-established contacts with players and managers to organize interviews, um, which I had none of. <laughs> yeah,
0: that part cause... is crazy to me. When I when we discovered all of that at that moment, that was crazy to me. You know, not trying to um, pit TOs against one another or anything, but in my experience, you know, when I covered Chicago um, in 2019, <laughs> everything was scheduled, laid out, ordered. You were allowed to reach out to players and kind of do that on the side. But, yeah, they had all of that... Um, kind of laid out which um coming from your perspective or, you know your experience i was stunned especially for it being your first event at a major and yeah. you're just starting and then you're, yeah, you're being it was told to, you know go swim on your own crazy
1: yeah um i just just want to say that hltv guys professor and um saved my life they were like just reach out to as many people as you can uh, especially just team managers don't bother the players you're not going to get through um there are a few teams who are in attendance just watching reach out to them um but other than that just go through managers so i did um and i, I made some great contacts um and i just got loads of interviews considering how last minute um it was uh, and i got some incredible interviews as well like nexa is is a fantastic person to interview Yakindo is just so honest um, and just like one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Um, art as well, actually. He's like just so nice. Um, so it's just wild. Like it went from all these people being people I watch as this fan a couple years ago, um, to colleagues and interviewees and stuff like that. Uh, it's just ridiculous. It, it's just nothing that I expected. Um, so being there was just an amazing experience within itself i got to meet some uh, amazing people in the scene um just spectators as well uh, everyone was just just so lovely um and it just kind of made me realize how cs kind of cs events are just just so different to sports in so many ways but everybody that i met was absolutely lovely like I didn't meet a single bad person there which is just wild because I've been to football games in the UK and I yeah. it's it's a rarity to meet a nice person <laughs> um so yeah it was uh it was an amazing experience for me um I met so many players I met so many like managers CEOs other reporters from like HLTV uh, and uh, I think there's was there as well as well as um foreign publications that um i'd seen but i hadn't really interacted with um so it was amazing for me experience wise it was amazing to write all the articles but it's the people you meet that i think is the wildest bit about it
0: well all right well awesome that's um yeah i think that again going back to that that human side, you know, when you were talking about your personal story being at McDonald's, and now you're talking about your personable experiences. Again, these are all very human things that I think sometimes we don't think about um, that go on behind the scenes, just, you know, beyond the headlines, beyond the um, the interviews and stuff. Uh, there's a lot of personal experiences that you gain um, between, again, interviewees, colleagues, and you and you do meet friends that know that that exists in your life forever so you're right it does go bigger than counter-strike sometimes which um is a fantastic thing so um liam how about yourself your experience um with blast
2: yeah so uh, like david said it's uh chronological uh how we uh, how we're telling this so i went to blast after the major which was like uh what was it, like a month after the major i think yeah or like a couple of weeks after because uh originally i actually wanted to go to the major but it, it conflicted with my uh, exam period for college. So then I was like, okay, what's the next event? And I scrolled through HLTV and I messaged you and I mess- I messaged you and I messaged Ryan, I think. Because I was like, oh, let's just see who responds first. Right. And like um, Yeah. <laughs> I learned that very quick as well, yeah.
0: Yeah, you're better off communicating to Ryan by a pigeon. Yeah. Like, you'll probably get the same response time, but anyway.
2: So, um, yeah, then... Uh, I think you ended up talking to Ryan about it and then like a couple of days later Ryan messaged me he's like yeah we got you a press pass for blast and I was like cool I've never been to Denmark so let's get booking these tickets and get booking the hotel Uh, I got to the event and I was like um, I think the doors opened at 1 because the first day that I got there was um, it wasn't an arena day it was like the it was like the land set up without any fans but uh i went in and i was in the press room and uh, that's what i have to say about blast as well is they are so good with the press like i like i really appreciate that like shout out to um, joe lovelace and uh, the pr manager for blast because he was ridiculously good with us the way he organized at the interviews and stuff and um, so we were in the press room that was like where we were told we could work and i set up my computer and stuff i went outside and this was the first time i'd been at like a LAN event ever like not even just like covering it so uh i went outside and uh heroic were like kicking a football around uh navi were like right next to me like just having a talk before their map and uh astralis walked out right as i walked out and i was like this is like surreal i'm just standing like (laughs) just amongst like all these players that I've, like, looked up to and, like, never would have dreamed, like, a couple of months ago, like, before I joined Rusty Media, that I'd have the chance to meet them. But, uh, yeah, so then I think the first interview I did was with Exist, and I was, like, pretty nervous when I did it. Like, you can't tell from, like, the the interview itself because it was written, but, like, my voice recordings were just, like, shaky voice and everything. But then, like, as the weekend went on, the more people I met, the more people I talked to um, I got a lot more comfortable and like the players are like so nice and approachable anyways and like exist as a coach. They were like, they know what to do with the press. They're like good at like giving uh, longer answers than like I was probably like making out with my original questions because I was kind of nervous. But um, yeah, like like David said, there's just so many nice people at those events and like so many like approachable people like the guys from HLTV Dexerto, Jackson especially, I like hung out with those guys a lot, they were really nice. Um, But yeah, there's just so many nice approachable people at those events, which was was a worry of mine before I went because I was like, I'm not going to know anyone here. I don't have a Jacob. I don't have like people that (laughs) I know previously. I was just on my own, but I got set up pretty quickly and. out Of the people that I interviewed, I'd say my favorite interview that I did at the event was uh, with Machine.
1: I was about to say that one's a bang. Yeah, that one was very good.
2: Yeah, because like, uh on like the first day of the arena, uh, we walked out of the press room. So like, the press room for Blast in the uh, in the Royal Arena is like right next to the stage. So you literally walk like five yards, and you're next to the stage. And I met Machine, Anders, and Semler just before going out. But I kind of like got to talk to Machine a bit more and he was giving me like really good advice. He's just a very approachable guy. And then I said to him, I was like, oh, if you get time, we can, would you be up for like sitting down for an interview? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. And I met him on the final day and like, he's just such like a cool guy to talk to. And like, uh, yeah, I think it was one of the better pieces of work that I did that weekend, especially because it was a long form. It was like a sit down interview rather than like the players sometimes, like even after a game that they lose, like, yeah. Uh, they're not exactly like in the mood to talk which like can you blame them yeah 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 but uh yeah like across that whole event there was just so many cool people to hang out with and talk to and yeah it's like it's definitely an experience that i want to do again this year which i'm going to try and like uh see what's uh see what's around this year we can get a hold of especially with like uh covid kind of going up in europe i hope that there's still like uh an opportunity to do even like those studio land events which is going to be like more restricted with the just press so we'd have the opportunity to do so
1: yeah liam and david dream theme of the next next i mean ideally
0: might as well right and you know we that's that's the you know even if um with everything obviously out of our control you you hope that at the bare minimum we can we can get some staff members um, to all, and this is not just RBM, just across all Counter Strike. You know, you want the the media there to be able to to bridge that communication line. Um, it's always good stuff. So, um, yeah, honestly, two dra- two different experiences, honestly, um, but also very similar in um, in in nature as well. Um, just kind of um, what I love about what you guys said, and this kind of bridges into the next question i was going to ask you what was the most important thing you've learned from last year's experiences and what i learned from you guys talking so i'm going to take this from you guys you guys can't say this but um (laughs) not everybody is uh the rhetoric on twitter is does not uh mirror the rhetoric in real life for those people that um have not been behind the scenes we don't actually hate each other as much as uh, people (laughs) on twitter um maybe want you guys to believe, but we do get along and we actually enjoy what we do in some at least I do and uh, apparently these guys do as well so um asking you know that question um besides what I just said, what was the most important thing or the most um insightful thing you learned from last year I suppose the last five months
1: yeah do you want to no. go for it? no no I want to thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, most important
2: thing that i learned Um, that's a tough one uh i think a big thing that i kind of like not learned but i kind of like appreciated more was like uh, when i came on in the roster reporting role was that like the importance of keeping communications like very confidential like as in like the importance of building like a trustworthy source network where you're the one that, like, knows that information and, like, no matter how big the rumor is that you hear or how, like, confidential and secretive it is, like, the responsibility is on you to keep that information and not go, like, spilling it everywhere because I think, like, especially since the rise of, like, do you know those kind of, like, anonymous leak uh, Twitter pages that are just, like, firing out anything, like, (laughs) 9 out of 10 stories don't stick, but then the one that does stick is the one that they don't delete from their Twitter, so like, um. Yeah, I think that's, like, a big thing that I kind of to, learned to appreciate more is, like, the importance of, like, respecting your source network, building, like, a strong one that you know isn't going to fail you and, like, being able to, like, keep that on the lowdown. And that's just, like, for you to work on.
1: Cool. Yeah, I think mine's kind of linked um, in a sense of, like, um, all these eSports players, um, all these eSports journalists, um, even some names in the scene that you know uh, i see people bash on twitter that i've definitely in the past had my own personal thoughts about um people i'm not gonna name but they are people everybody is a person they're just they're just a dude they're they're just a person just just doing a job living their life uh having fun sometimes getting stressed other times um a lot of the time uh you People are tired, um, and and some of the stuff they say on Twitter might not be um, kind of uh, like who they are. But but leading on from that, because because I'm not just stealing your point. Um, but <laughs> but when I was at Lands, um, or when even when I did interviews beforehand online, uh, I did one with Adam 9130 for example. Um, They're into the breach Fire um he he's just he was just a, a i was hyping it off in my head like oh my god i gotta be professional all this kind of stuff yeah he's just a guy like he's 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 a really nice guy um and like you know being professional is very important but like he, he was he was just talking to me um he was just talk, speaking his mind if you go read that article he just calls out a couple of players at the end <laughs> um i like, what's the swearing on this? On, this, on uh, this podcast? Say whatever. Well, the quote at the end is, Cadian is a cunt. <laughs> Literally. He says that in the article. And it's there, if you want to go read it. <laughs> um, so, even just like, and, and when I was at the largest, they're, they're all just people. Um, and you, when I see, now when I see people get like angry at them on Twitter for losing, or, you know, when I see people in the scene get angry at journalists for small mistakes or things that aren't even mistakes. I just think, right. Okay. That's cool. Um, think that I probably would have got annoyed at that at some point, but at the end of the day, these guys are just guys and it, yeah. it doesn't, doesn't really matter.
0: We're just a bunch of people who really <laughs> like a game. Yeah, We've all decided to strap our, you know, ropes to this ship and we're just yeah. hoping it, takes us to the promised land and you know i think um a lot of times we as like a community um of all levels whether it's the most notable staff members of any um you know reputable site all the way down to um the random name six numbers angry better (laughs) um we are all in some capacity we are all on the same ship And uh, we all want the same thing, even though we might want it in different avenues. You know, like um, maybe the gambler and myself aren't necessarily directly correlated, but we still both want Counter-Strike to succeed. And um, I think if we spend a little bit of less time tearing each other down, we would get a little further. Um, So that is some good stuff there. Um, As far as 2022 is concerned, because we've been doing a lot of reflecting, um, we are now in theoretically um you know because life changes pretty aggressively um Mm. but as of right now we are currently in the first full calendar year um as far as you two are concerned with recipe media so let's assuming january to december you know life is crazy but let's just go everything stays the same what do you Mm -hmm. want out of your first full 365 days um, with recipe media in 2022 what do you want to get out of this year
1: Begins with M, rhymes with honey. No, um,
0: <laughs> dollar, dollar bills, uh, <laughs> <news>,
1: y'all. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll take this one first if you want to him. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, I think honestly, I, I I don't know how much people know about the structure of Rushby, Um, but currently, uh, we have. We've we've kind of split into two teams uh, that has two editors on each side, uh, and um, it has senior writers on each side as well. Um, on on my side, uh, I have a really good team of team of writers and two just really committed editors, um, and we're we're all volunteers. But this week alone, oh, I don't even know how many it is, but I'm pretty sure it's like five to seven articles um that we released uh like one every day um we were getting uh we were getting announcement out, announcements out about the apex um rosters not leaks like in time of their announcement uh before websites like hltv were um and for me for the next however many days obviously i want to improve um i want my work to get better I want to do bigger interviews and stuff like that. Um, But my two main things is I want to see everybody on my team just thrive, and everybody in Rushby as a whole, of course. Um, But I want to do whatever I can to make sure the people on my team um, either get jobs um, off of this, or they are just like improving constantly and and are doing achieving what they want to get out of this. Um, And secondly. If you know anything about me, I love Tier 2 to death, Um, especially anything UKCS related, but just Tier 2 as a whole. So if I can release more articles about Tier 2, leaks, rumors, all anything to do with Tier 2, and especially UKCS, then I'll be a happy chappy.
0: Fantastic. Liam?
2: Yeah. um, This year for me with Rushby Media – I think for me personally, at least, I want to kind of like flesh out my portfolio and like just like do really good work this year. Like, I have a few ideas on like articles that I want to write and like things I want to do with Ruby Media. And like, I hope that throughout 2022, I can see them kind of like come to fruition and kind of like just keep building on like this start that I've had. Because, like, obviously, I mentioned earlier, like, journalism wasn't exactly like The thing i thought i was going to be doing at like the start of like the start of last year even for example like i didn't think i'd be in journalism or like even writing in general so i think i've a good enough start on it and i'd like to see myself build on it this year under rushby media because like it's a good platform to like really like get your name out there and get started with and for rushby media as a whole i think through like the work that like me david yourself and like all the other like talented writers that we do have, I'd like to see us become kind of like more of a reputable name in the scene because like we've grown so much already since like we started back only like five months ago. But I want to see it kind of just keep growing and growing and becoming more reputable and getting up there with like even like aiming big like Dixerto HLTV like where you can like go and like on HLTV specifically like you see our reports being um cited like we're not like a no name but i just want to see us just keep like pushing on and like getting bigger and bigger
0: absolutely and honestly that's the kind of drive that we love to see from the individuals we bring in again it is a volunteer job there's no disputing that um we do unpaid work including myself um but that is always the goal if if it's not to to give you guys an ability to find um paid opportunity and see us um you know the 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 homestead goal is to, of course, grow this thing to become exactly that. And that's something um, that um, I always appreciate from talent when not only are you guys thinking of your own individual careers, which you should always, um, but also on the side having um, some space there thinking about the, the greater decency of the group, which says a lot about you guys, honestly. So um, yeah. So f- final question um, to those who are listening. Who were in your position six, seven, eight months ago? Um, the listeners out there thinking about, you know, I I like Counter Strike, but I'm not a journalist. I'm not a good writer, um, or in general, just whatever whatever other reservations or doubts you can, your brain can create to prevent you. What would you say to those individuals? Um, what kind of motivating factors could you offer to them to kind of um, convince them otherwise?
2: Mm. Um, I'd say that for me, at least it's hard to put it into kind of words. um writing for me was always like a passion that I had, and I feel like I kind of like i like pushed that passion down for a while because I was like, oh, I don't know if I'll make a living off it or whatever, but if you have that passion, like writing is free, and whatever spare time you could get just try and write as much as you can like and in terms of improvement like i i find like i've my writing has been improving a lot more the more articles i've been reading from like the likes of uh, rushby or the likes of hltv or jackson deserto like you'll find you'll find your own way with like the way that you write like everyone's writing is different but you can pick up like pieces from like other people's works and like and um, you can like form your own style, like while also like learning to improve off it. And in terms of like, if you just if you're just worried to take that leap, like, I love the I love the shit, the shitty quote from uh, Wayne Gretzky, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's like my favorite quote. I quote it all the time, like, my friends would know it's like you're not gonna know what you missed unless you go for it. And like, that's what like myself, Davis, like, the other writers and editors that. Applied for us media did like they took we took that shot and I find that it's like paying off a lot more now because I find I found a good spot to progress on a passion that I thought that I'd lost. So
0: that's exciting, honestly. What about you, Daphne?
1: Yeah, that's kind of beautiful. Um Yeah,
0: that was honestly it was very inspiring. Yeah.
1: What Liam's saying, by the way, is that he copies my writing style. That's yeah, what absolutely. Was. Behind yeah, the scenes, yeah. yes.
2: Can, can, yeah can, yeah I I copy paste your so
0: article. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, exactly. Um well, the question is um that you know, uh people might be scared to apply, right? And but they they have a um passion for CS, let's say. Um but they're not a journalist and they don't think they'd be good at it. My first question would be how do you know how do you know that you wouldn't be a good journalist um, or, or a good writer? Like, you don't even have to use the term journalist, to be honest. Um, Liam did roster reporting when he started, uh, and he was good at it. He, he did some uh, great articles. Um, he also had some that didn't get published because someone else published them first. Um, but it, it is a style that he started with um, and he had his wins and his losses and then he uh, wrote some other pieces that weren't um, which were also fantastic so journalism or this CS journalism that we're doing is such a broad spectrum it's not I like analytics and I'm going to write an article that's all analytics but it can be it's not I like storylines so I'm going to write an article all about storylines but it can be because you can write kind of whatever style you want um and we there are editors and you're going to submit sign to an editor and they're going to tear you apart and maybe for a second you're going to die a bit inside but your writing style is going to improve um over time and the only way really to improve is to put yourself out there and try my first article i think was a sprout piece and i'd reached out um which i didn't know you could do i reached out to their manager just said hey i'm with rushby media um you know like would you mind if uh i wrote a story in conjunction with who you're signing they said yes um i remember submitting it to uh rory one of our editors like a ridiculous time in the morning for me because i was still working at mcdonald's at the time and um it came back to me pretty much all in red <laughs> <laughs> everything was crossed out <laughs> and um and i went back and i read other articles in rush b of a similar format and things just started clocking in my head and and this writing style just started to grow yeah. on me and even now wrote an article the other day on Into the Breach. I read some of Liam's reports to see how he writes. I read um I read some of Nell as well. Uh, cause I think he does good work. Um I you know, you you can learn and adapt. Um and if you are worried that you don't think you'd be good, this is the perfect opportunity to figure it out. Because and I'm not just saying Rushby media. There are there are other places out there that probably do something similar. Um and it's just taking that chance, writing up your own blog, doing something like that. Um, that's the way to find out. And it's, you know, it's not a full-time job. If you, if you do it and you go, oh, this isn't for me, there we go, <laughs> simple as that. Maybe you wanna try something else CS related. Maybe one day you're gonna be the head coach of Astralis. Who knows? It's all just about trying
0: you know that would be pretty cool if we um brought someone in and they ended up being the next coach of Astralis. I think that would be a pretty high point for RBM. So um all right guys, that was honestly fantastic. Um tons of insight from you guys especially considering um how new you guys are. So me personally as somebody I've been doing this for I'm going on a f- I'm going from a couple to a few years now and um honestly Um, that was fantastic. So thank you guys so much, um, for not only your work behind the scenes, but of course um, this interview. So, um, if you're still here enjoying this fantastic podcast, um, feel free to follow us on Twitter, crouch underscore peak P E E K. I'm going to spell that out a few more times until we can confidently say that we have hatched out the p-e-a-k versus p-e-e-k conversation because apparently that still happens in 2022 so um for those who want to follow my personal account um you can follow me lucas at rbm um liam and Daffid go ahead and tell the listeners where they can find you guys on twitter
2: yeah i'm uh, at uh, liam slevo s-l-e-v-o so i know some people struggle to spell it It's <laughs> the word sleeve has two e's the word slev has one e okay <laughs>
1: There you go. Yeah, I'm uh, at david00. That's D-A-F-Y-D-D. Um, if you work for a big esports journalism company, uh, me and Liam are for sale. So Yes, they are. Highest high <laughs> bidder. High Highest bidder, yeah. You don't have to take me and Liam. You can just take Everything me. Must wow. <laughs> Everything must um, go.
0: Everything. But yes, absolutely. Any and always... Anybody who's ever looking for um, supreme talent and you're looking to um, offer a salary, look no further than Rush B Media. We pride ourselves on um, finding the best talent and giving them um, the platforms to find those opportunities just in case sometimes we can't. Because, again, we are volunteer. But nevertheless, um, we always strive to um, be a serious contender in CSGO journalism. And I think we do a great job. So um, we couldn't do it, of course, without the likes of Liam and Daffod and everybody else as a part of the Rush B Media staff. So, again, thank you guys for your tireless work over the last five months. Thank you for this interview. I'm personally super excited for what we can do this year. I'm excited to watch you guys um, grow in this scene as long as you guys want to continue in here. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a great year with with us. So stay tuned, guys. And um, thanks so much for listening. And that's it for me, guys. So, um, see you later. Time to say goodbye. Bye,
1: mom. Bye, mom. (laughs) Press control to crouch.
0: The Crouch Peak Podcast.